Hello and welcome back to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. You can uh, you can follow uh, our podcast on our host Podbean. Just type in the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast and it should pop up. And you can subscribe to our show. Uh, and each time a new episode is published, you'll get a little notification on your device that will tell you that there is a new episode for you to listen to. If you'd like to get in touch uh, with me on the show, uh, you can via social media, uh, either via Facebook, which is the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast, and uh, Twitter, which is at Mackay Podcast, and Instagram, which is at Peter Mackay Motorsport. Or finally, you can do it the, the now old-fashioned way via my website, which is www.petermackaymotorsport.com. So, what are we going to cover in today's episode? Well, today we're going to cover one of my favourite races of the year, which is the Bathurst 1000 in Australia. So, the Bathurst 1000, for those who, who, who haven't heard of it, the Bathurst 1000 is basically the biggest race, the biggest race of the year in the southern in the southern hemisphere in motorsport. It is an absolutely huge event, massive amount of people. Good, I think about two hundred thousand people over the weekend, and it is the biggest event. It's one of the biggest events in Australian sport, but certainly the biggest event in Australian motorsport, and to win that race is a very big deal indeed. It's a a round of the V8 Supercar Championship, which is the premier motor racing category in, um, in Australia, so touring cars with massive, naturally aspirated V8 engines. It is an absolute joy with um, proper sequential gearboxes and you see the drivers working the pedals and blipping the throttle on the way down. It's really, really good to watch. These are are big, heavy cars as well. 1,500 kilograms these cars weigh, so they are much, much heavier than normal racing cars. So it is a very unique spectacle and a unique skill um, to drive these cars on, uh, on the limit. So Bath, but Bathurst is the race. You can win Bathurst and almost, if your your championship's done by then, it almost doesn't matter. Winning Bathurst is such a big deal. Um, the, the race itself has an incredible history for so many reasons. It's been running since 1963, um, when the winner was a Ford Cortina. And interestingly, this year it was a Ford Mustang, so it's closing the loop there. But the winner, you look down the winner's list of the Bathurst 1000, I mean, you look just the number of wins, the the legendary Peter Brock, nine wins, Mark Scaife, six wins, Craig Lowndes, seven wins, Alan Moffat, four wins, Jamie Winkup, four wins. Um, it just the the who's who of Australian motorsport, and if you look, peppered around the um over the years in the the winners list of the Bathurst One Thousand, you have names like in nineteen seventy seven Jackie X won it with Alan Moffat, so you know a in in play Formula One driver winning the Bathurst One Thousand in nineteen ninety one and nineteen ninety two won by the legendary Skyline R thirty two Nissan um driven by um by Mark Scaife as well. In 1997, you had the Brabham brothers. You had Jeff and David Brabham in a BMW. Uh, that was around the time when it was um, it was not the V8 supercars. It was the super touring era of cars, but has since returned to V8 supercars. In 1998, you had Ricard Rydell winning the Volvo as well. So there's been some there's been some interesting names over the over the years, but 
really what, what one of the biggest things about Bathurst is, is not just the, the rivalry between the drivers, but it is the manufacturer rivalry. It's almost tribal. You basically have the showdown between Ford and Holden. Nissan do have a number of cars in, um, in the series with their Altima car, but really it's all about Ford and Holden. That's what it always comes down to. Holden over the years have won more Bathurst 1000s, they've won 33, Ford have now won 20, so Ford have still got a wee way to go, but that rivalry is just as uh, just as intense uh, as, as before, and what followed on Sunday and the controversy and the close racing um, really added to the spice of, of, of that rivalry. What also makes the Bathurst 1000 particularly special, and probably most of all, is the track itself. It's not a permanent race circuit. It's a, it's a public toll road, actually, that heads over Mount Panorama and drops back down again. There's a little part of it which is a little bit more permanent structure, but, but in general, it's a, it's, a, it's a public toll road and is only used on a, on a couple of occasions throughout the, throughout the year. So the track itself is huge. Huge elevation change, and I mean, up and down over the mountain, really, really tough, tight, um, lined by brick walls. So, we saw a lot of safety cars in the race on Sunday. Um, so I think they had seven safety cars, six of which were then in the last 60 laps. So, it was really, really in the last third of the race or so. So, it was really, really a bit, bit a lot of bent bodywork over the course of the over the course of the race. But it is an iconic track. Any of you who have played uh, Forza Motorsport or I Racing, um, you'll 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 I'm sure you've done many a virtual lap around the Bathurst circuit. If you haven't, go and check it out. And if you want to really get a feel of what a, a fast lap of Bathurst is all about. Um, search on YouTube for Scott McLaughlin's um, pole position lap because that was absolutely extraordinary. You will not see more commitment in a racing car than that. So check that out. If you haven't seen the Bathurst track before, pause it, <laughs> pause this episode, go and watch it on YouTube and come back and it will make a whole lot more sense. So who won the Bathurst 1000 this year? Well, it was the young Kiwi Scott McLaughlin, who has is the really the driver of the moment in um, in V8 supercar racing. He won the unfortunately scorned losing in, at the very last round in Newcastle um, in 2017. Missed out on the title narrowly again in another race that was marred by politics and a lot of it rumbled on for weeks weeks afterwards, but he, he managed to settle that score in 2018, um, winning the driver's title for his DGR Team Penske team. In 2019, um, aboard the new Ford Mustang, so they retired the old Ford Falcon, which is a car you only really see uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. We certainly don't get it here in Europe. Um, but now they've moved to the Ford Mustang, the new Ford-shaped Ford Mustang, which is available around the globe. And it looks absolutely stunning. And Scott McLaughlin has been devastatingly quick in that new uh, Mustang this year and is, is leading, the, leading the championship by quite a considerable margin. And of course, his big haul of points um, winning the Bathurst 1000 um, will certainly help him. But the unique thing about the Bathurst 1000 is that you know Scott McLaughlin he won the race, but he did not do all six hours and twenty minutes of seven minutes on his own. Oh no! This is the great thing about Bathurst 1000, and it adds such an interesting element to it that you you have to nominate a co-driver um to to help you and to do a couple of hours um throughout the race and that strategy of where you put your secondary driver in who you know 
very, very talented. And some of the names is, you know, you've as co-drivers, you've got former winners like Garth Pander and Craig Lowndes. You know, Craig Lowndes has won it seven times and he's a co-driver. He's not even the primary driver. So, um, but even if you're up to that standard, the if you're not driving the cars week in, week out, like the full-time guys are, it always just takes that little bit of edge off. So the, that played out really interestingly over the race, over where the... Um, where they would put in their uh, put in their, their their secondary driver, and I think Scott McLaughlin and Alex Prema really did a great job to dovetail uh, their abilities. And actually, uh, Scott McLaughlin has a lot to thank of his co-driver Alex Prema, who managed to hold his own amongst some of the prime drivers in the championship. He was surrounded by Van Gisbergen and Wincup and all these all these top top line drivers, um, Chaz Mostert and was, was keeping them all at bay. And his job was really not to try and outrace them, but really just to slow them down a little bit and just run consistent pace and then hand the car over to Scott for him to, to do the, the business. And he did that absolutely perfectly. Um, but Scott, he'd never been a Bathurst winner before. This is his first ever Bathurst win. So great to go alongside his um, his championship win from last year in 2018. Um, but he's, he's, a, he's had an incredible career in V8 Supercars. It was the 2012 Super 2 champion, which is the kind of feeder series to the V8 supercars. Came in in 2013, and in his third, third full-time race, he won. Um, he was with Gary, a guy called Gary Rogers and his his team, which we'll, I'll come on to Gary later on in the episode. But Gary Rogers was the guy who effectively gave Scott McLaughlin a shot in the V8 supercar championship and really um, gave Scott that, that platform to showcase his uh, his talent and they had a lot of success together because Scott McLaughlin was actually he was driving the very um, uh, very unusual Volvo seeing a Volvo V8 supercar um, which we saw for a couple of years uh, in the, the V8 supercar championship taking on the establishment of Ford uh, and Holden and there is a number again type in on YouTube Scott McLaughlin Volvo and you will see some absolutely astounding racing one particular race Adelaide in 2014, where Scott is a you know, fresh young driver taking on the established king, Jamie Winkup, and beating him in a last lap, last corner uh, fight. Absolutely uh, in, incredible. And what they did at Gary Rogers Motorsport with Scott McLaughlin as a young driver and with Volvo, a new brand in the championship, was absolutely extraordinary and has really set Scott on the path to when he joined um, DGR Team Penske in 2017, um, the team he's stayed with ever since. There was one, one, one good thing um, that, that put Scott and Alex in the number one uh, prime position to go and win the race on Sunday was Scott's um, pole position lap. It's, it was just one of the finest pieces of driving I've ever seen. The, the, the format for the Bathurst 1000 for qualifying is a bit different to other series where you'll you'll do you know a half an hour session and the fastest you know and all the drivers go out and the fastest time uh, decides who who will start in at the top of the grid but in the Bathurst 1000 you have to qualify for the top 10 shootout and then only the top 10 drivers go for those top 10 places on the grid and they get one flying lap. So they have to get over their warm-up lap, they have to get the tyres up to pressure, up to heat, get the brakes up to heat, and then just go for it, and they get one go at it. And watching Scott McLaughlin drive his Mustang absolutely on the limit, up to every single wall, um, you know, was just incredible. And setting a time, an all-time lap record of two minutes 
three seconds, 0.378. I mean, one of the, I mean, by far the fastest lap ever seen around Bathurst in a V8 supercar. Just absolutely uh, extraordinary piece of driving and really put them, really showed the pace that, that Scott had. And I think that no, no matter what happened in the race, it was very clear that Scott McLaughlin had the ultimate pace uh, in his car to, to, to go and to go and win the race. It went down to the very, very last, the very, very last moments, um, winning basically by just a handful of tenths of seconds. And it's amazing how a race of six and a half hours can be so close throughout the whole um, throughout the so whole race. But basically, the last part of the, the last part of the race was all about safety cars. There were so many safety cars which kept bunching the field up, uh, and and really, all of the drivers were were desperately short on fuel uh, a lot of them were just we didn't have just maybe three or four laps short on fuel to get to the end of the race but if they took a pit it took to the pit their chances of their chances of winning would be gone so they all all of them a lot of the drivers going driving you know three or four seconds off the pace just coasting along trying to rejuvenate fuel trying to keep fuel trying to stop using fuel and then each safety car that happened gave them a little bit more breathing space and they'll just the last lap after the final safety car was 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 drawn in we had a an all-out drive and basically scott mclaughlin drove away from shane van gisberg and, and under the most intense pressure it was it just extraordinary absolutely extraordinary to watch and made it such an exciting um, exciting finish to 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 the race so although it looked like at the start of the race that the fords were very much going to be the dominant force and certainly the ford cars appeared to have that little edge on pace particularly in the hands of scott mclaughlin but the the tickford racing um, Monster Energy car of Cam Waters and the super cheap auto car of Chaz Mostert uh, and James Moffat, son of former winner Alan Moffat. They looked very, very good indeed and they, they could have been challenging for the win as well and certainly for a podium it could have very easily been a forward lockout on the podium which the I can't stress just how big a thing politically between Ford and Holden uh, and every family, you know, you're a Ford guy or you're a Holden guy, it is such a divisive thing. So to have Ford, if, if Ford were to have locked out the podium with those three cars, well, what a story that would have been. But they didn't. In fact, the next Ford home from Scott McLaughlin was in fact his teammate Fabian Coulthard in sixth. Um, so it was quite an interesting way it, it panned out. So... Why did Cam Waters uh, and Chaz Moster not make it onto the podium? Well, during the period of where all, all the drivers were desperately trying to save fuel by changing up a gear early, coasting on to, into the brakes, just trying to save every last ounce of fuel, um, Cam Waters was following the team orders at that point, making sure he was saving fuel. And Chas Moster basically had something that happens to every single driver uh, over the years more than once. Um, we'll have a little bit of a rush to blood to the head, and he thinks, well, I think I can, I think I can, I'll just go past him here. Went to go for up the inside, locked the brakes, tried to move to the right. Cam Waters stayed still, and he nearly, nearly missed him on the right hand side, but sadly clipped the edge of uh, Cam Waters' front right hand wheel, and both drivers collided and went straight into the gravel trap. Now, for those who are familiar with the Bathurst circuit, that was after a corner called the Chase which is one of the fastest corners in world motorsport. It's at the end of a very steep downhill straight called Conrod Straight, 
where the drivers are probably doing about 185 miles an hour when they hit the brakes and it is it is just extraordinary so you know you think oh, why did why did Chas Mostert lock his brakes up well bringing a one and a half ton supercar down to a second gear corner from 185 miles an hour is uh, quite a quite a difficult um quite a difficult thing to do um with with no ABS or anything like that and had a horrible lock up and just clipped his teammate but unfortunately it would have absolutely disastrous um, circumstances and you really had to feel for the guys at, at Tickford Racing, the bi biggest race of the year, looking like they're going to have two cars on the podium, perhaps even challenging for a win. Chas Moster seemed to be one of the only guys who could just about hold on to Scott McLaughlin in terms of pure pace, but unfortunately both of them ended up in the gravel trap in the most public of circumstances. Very, very, um, very, very disappointing for them uh, indeed now for those who have seen the race you'll know that there uh, was an incredible controversy around one of the later race safety cars so for those who haven't seen it I'll give a little bit of context so you had jamie winkup in the holding um right in front of um scott mclaughlin and both drivers were desperately trying to save fuel um to uh to try and make it to that critical lap and be able to get the car to the end without having an, an unnecessary pit stop. And in third place, closely behind them, was Fabian Coulthard, who is um, Scott McLaughlin's DGR Team Penske teammate. And a collision happened on, or an incident happened on track, um, which caused the safety car to be released. Scott McLaughlin and Jamie Winkup carried on at normal racing speed and carried on until they were they were held by the safety car and they would slow down under yellow flags. However, Fabian Coulthard immediately throttled off uh, and ended up backing up the entire field behind him as they were tiptoeing along the Conrad Strait at almost walking pace. Now, this sparked absolute fury amongst the drivers behind in particular Shane van Gisbergen who is not not only was in a position to challenge for the win of the race and ended up finishing you know four tenths of a second behind the eventual winner Scott McLaughlin but also he's battling for a championship title as well and to have a rival car backing everybody up unnecessarily was was really quite badly now it was very clear to me that that was a that was a team order um and it, it's really unacceptable in world motorsport is it within the rules well it's been deemed that they've been charged with 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 breaching the rules and you know they will find out their punishment in the coming days there is calls for scott mclaughlin to have his um his victory stripped but i don't think you you, you cannot make it an individual issue i think that the team need to be severely punished um both financially i don't know if you'll really hurt them but financially but certainly with with championship points in the team's championship because without that that deliberate act of gamesmanship from um well not from fabian coulthard personally he was simply following an order from his team very clearly but scott mclaughlin um could quite conceivably have easily won that race had that not taken place. Um, he still would have been very much in the fight for the race win and um, had the pace in his car to to do so. So I think saying that Scott McLaughlin wouldn't have won the race if it wasn't for that, I think it would have reduced his chances, that's for sure, it would have made it more difficult. 
but um, I don't think it's fair to 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 look at that kind of individual. But I think the team deserves to be severely punished for it. I really do. I don't think there's any place for that in motorsport. Um, it's it's just it's just completely unnecessary. It was very clear what was going on, and when you saw um, um, Greg Murphy, a four-time winner of of the uh, Bathurst One Thousand himself, very experienced driver, a Kiwi. Interestingly, um, a, a mentor to Scott McLaughlin over his career, he, he does a lot of the pit lane reporting for V8 Supercars and went up to interview a guy called Ryan Story, who's the um, the team manager for um, DGR Team Penske, Shell V Power Racing. And uh, he said, you know, put the question to him what was going on there and just got a kind of wry smile or a sly smile from Ryan Story saying, oh, it's just one of those things. Um and you know, said, oh, he's had a whole overheating issue and all this kind of thing, which is f- frankly nonsense. Um, and actually, if anything, with an overheating issue trundling along slowly down the street is not going to help your overheating issue very much um, by going that slowly. So it was really a, a pity that it's it is going to cast a shadow over Scott McLaughlin's opening win. I dare say it is not going to be the the, the last Bathurst one thousand that he that he wins, but but we'll see. But it is a it is a great uh, great pity that that came underneath. And you could really understand the the um you could understand the frustrations of not only the fans but the other teams as uh, as as well. But what you must remember is is that in twenty seventeen there were a lot of politics going on um, at the end of the final race of 2017 where um, Scott McLaughlin was given a pit lane speeding penalty after being nudged forward on the speed line by Shane Van Gisbergen, who was not given a penalty. And, um, well, it's, it's, that was that will still be argued on for years to, years to come. So uh, I think in motor racing, you're always going to end up on the right and the wrong side of, of, of outer politics. And um, But... Uh, I think that what what happened on on Sunday was was it was it was a pity really because it took away a little bit from what was an extraordinary extraordinary motor race um over six and a half hours. So there one one thing I'd like to I'd like to to talk about is some very sad news uh in the last couple of days coming out that Gary Rogers Motorsport will be stepping away from the top level of V8 supercar racing, um, which is a great pity, a former Bathurst winner back in the year 2000 and, um, you know, front runner uh, in the championship for many, many years and most notably recently um, introducing the Volvo V8 supercar, a a very um, different machine to the established Ford and Holden cars, but bringing that in and really challenging the establishment and winning races and in doing so um, creating a bright young star and giving a bright young star a, a real start in his career in, in Scott McLaughlin and I think for someone of, of such a you know a, a bright character as Scott I think he fitted so well in the Gary Rogers Motorsport um, the Gary Rogers Motorsport um, garage and team and it is it is such a pity. Um, Gary Rogers Motorsport released a video um, in the last day or so um, with Gary basically conducting a very emotional speech to his entire organisation, telling them that they weren't going to go um, they weren't going to go racing in the V8 Supercars Championship next year, stating that commercial reasons, the the current rules, the cars are too expensive, running in the championship is too expensive. He'd requested an extension of two weeks for his entry for him to put a business class business plan together 
and unfortunately that was um that was refused by supercars organizers them themselves which is a great pity um thankfully the company itself is is still very much in business and still doing very well constructing the the new s s5000 um uh, cars in australia and also it has a tcr uh, touring car program as well so the team will still carry on um but uh, a real a real real shame and actually in fact they were in they had a very slight chance of sneaking uh, of sneaking a victory uh, at bathurst on 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 sunday and um, when there was a only their car their number 34 car looked like it had enough fuel to go to the end when all the other cars did not uh, and unfortunately a slight technical issue caused them to pit to to repair with only a, a handful of laps to go so if anything you wonder could things have been turned around with a bathurst win and the commercial i mean the commercial benefit in australia of winning the bathurst 1000 but sadly not to be um but but um we wish all the guys at gary rogers uh, uh the very much for the for the best and i must be honest my personal journey with v8 supercars although when, when i was a kid i used to love british touring cars in the late 90s and the super touring era and a lot of the, the names like you know Richard rydell and John Cleland would go over and race in the Bathurst 1000 and that sort of brought it to my attention there but it kind of came back into my attention in, in 2014 um, when Scott McLaughlin was just do, creating absolute heroics in the Volvo and uh, you know the, um, the watching this this young Kiwi coming in in this Volvo, I just thought, how cool is how cool is that? And you saw Gary Rogers with his wacky his wacky shirts, and I just thought, these are yeah, I like these guys. These are my these are my team, and that just that just grabbed my interest in V8 supercars racing, not just the Bathurst One Thousand, but all season long. And um, I've kind of remained hooked ever since, actually. And I should have I, I must apologise that I've not re- um, talked about it on the show. Um, before now and I, I'm sure we will do uh, an episode um, after the final race uh, of the season to, to cap things off uh, as as well. The last mention goes to Roger Penske. Now Roger Penske is probably one of the biggest uh, names in motorsport and certainly one of the most influential people in motorsport. He's got teams in IndyCar, NASCAR, uh, IMSA sports car racing and now um, along with um, you know V8 supercar legend Dick Johnson he has a team uh, with uh, in the V8 supercar championship as, as well and having the Penske name in the V8 supercar championship does it a lot of favours in terms of its profile because the Penske name is is just pure Hollywood really um, you know he won, he's won the Indy 500 on a number of occasions winning it this year with Simon Pagino um, winning the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship with his Acura team uh, and races in NASCAR, multiple uh, NASCAR Championship team owner winner as as well. Um, and just the most incredible history in motorsport. You know, one Can-Am with the Porsche 917. I mean, it's just, you, I'm sure there, there, there are many books on, on Roger Penske's exploits uh, in motorsport. So it's great to see him involved in the sport. Uh, it's a pity that it, that his team. I won't. I'm sure it won't have been him directly, but it's a pity his team have been caught up in this particular controversy. But the fact that he was there personally when the biggest race in American sports car racing was going on on the same day that he made the trip down to Australia to 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 see the Bathurst One Thousand and certainly one one of them again. He's won the Indy Five Hundred. He's won the Daytona Five Hundred. He's won all these races. Uh, but to go and win the Bathurst One Thousand really is a, a cherry on the cake for Roger Penske's uh, Roger Penske's career. 
So I, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this little uh, little report of the the Bathurst One Thousand. Like I say, if you if you haven't um, if you haven't seen the race before and you're you're now inspired, um, you can actually you can either view um, you can view um, V8 Supercar Racing through a, a website called Superview, which is ran by the the series organizers and gives you the world feed it's about 35 australian dollars a year so it's not expensive at all uh, and you can watch every race every qualifying every practice um so you can you can watch as much v8 supercars as to, until your heart's content and that's certainly what way how i watch my uh, my v8 supercar racing in in australia and the good thing is you don't have to watch it live as well so if you're on a completely different time zone from australia like i am you can watch it on, on demand and that, that's what I've been doing this week is bit by bit watching all six and a half hours of the Bathurst 1000 so uh, if you haven't seen it before go and check it out it's it's brilliant brilliant motor racing thanks very much for for listening to this episode I really appreciate you taking the time to download the episode and listen to it um if you'd if you'd like to follow the show again subscribe uh, on uh, our channel on podbean um, follow us on Facebook, the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Mackay Podcast, and Instagram as well, at Peter Mackay Motorsport. I would love to hear from you. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think of the show so far and anything that you'd like to see uh, in future. So thanks very much for now, and I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. <laughs>